everyone, this is Stephen Farmer, and welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. Today's episode is titled Check Your Exits, and I'm talking all things temptation and how we can better equip ourselves to say no to temptation, say no to sin, and allow ourselves to take the exits that God provides for us when temptation comes. This whole entire topic stems from one verse that I saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Now, I want to kind of break that verse down line for line. I'm intending for this episode to be kind of short, quick, and to the point. Um, I can talk about this all day. But honestly, when I, when I read this verse, uh, it's number one, it, it is powerful, but it's super cool to break it down line for line. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Everyone experiences temptation. You're not alone, right? There's nothing wrong with you that you're being tempted. Everybody gets tempted. And God is faithful, the word says. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. So when you're being tempted, have faith to know that God is not allowing something to happen in your life that you can't stand. You can withstand this temptation that's placed before you by the enemy, right? When you are tempted, I like how it says when you are tempted, not if you are tempted or you might get tempted. No, when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Who's he? We're talking about God, right? God will provide a way out. He will show you a way out. But here's the deal. God provides a way out, but we have to choose to take that exit. We have to check our exits in life that God provides for us when temptation comes, and we have to utilize those exits. So today, what I want to help you and I is to identify those exit strategies. What are those exits? How can I utilize those exits? How can I walk through the door and say no to temptation and sin, right? Now, you see, there's a common misconception, though, when it comes to temptation. A lot of people can seem to kind of fall into this thought that temptation is sin itself. But to be tempted is not a sin. Temptation is an invitation to sin, right? Once you partake in that temptation, right? Once you partake in it, then you are sinning. But to be tempted isn't sin itself. Now, you see, before I jump into the biblical stories that I want to share with you, uh, the way that I kind of got this whole topic and, and, and was thinking about this, I was praying uh, the other other day and, and just talking with God and, and and just basically saying, God, help me in my walk with you. you know, Lord, when, when temptation comes, help me to say no. Help me to continue to live a life that glorifies you in, in every way, right? And so while I was saying this, a topic came in my head. Now, I'm the type of person, I, I love my phone, my iPhone. I use my notes app all the time when it comes to ideas, when it comes to dreams, when it comes to just talk, talking points. I'll jot those things down. And the other day, um, a couple of weeks ago, I jotted down just check your exits and literally wrote right under it. Um, basically how to avoid temptation, right? And that's it. That's all I wrote. And so the other day I was looking, I was like, man, that's what I want to speak on. And and the thing is, is it made me think of a story that was a true story that took place back on July 20th, 2012 in Aurora, Colorado. I think that's how you say the city. There was a shooting that took place at that time. And it was during the Batman Dark Knight Rises 
premiere. Now, I had followed those movies, that, that trilogy. It was uh, directed by Christopher Nolan. He's one of my like favorite directors. The dude is phenomenal. I don't know if you like movies that make you think. Um, I'm that type of person that I like to watch a film, um, and I love for it to get me to think so much that when I walk out the theater, I have to go like look up more about it and see theories. And, all. and so Christopher Nolan's the guy that made Inception and Interstellar and Tenet and and um and then of course the Batman trilogy and, and many others and so this movie had come out people were hype about it it was the finale of the Batman series with Christian Bale and uh and so people were of course were packing the, the theaters and in Aurora Colorado on July 20th 2012 in a certain theater a man opened fired and shot like 70 something people 70 people got injured and 12 people were killed and ever since then that was 2012 I was 17 at the time I'm 26 now ever since then when I step into a theater when I sit down and I'm watching a movie I can't help but check my exits it's weird. Like when I sit down and I'm not saying like every time I'm like paranoid and freaked out like, oh my gosh, oh, where's the exits? I got to I got to be out of here. But I check my exits. I sit down and I have those what if scenarios that come into my head, you know, and I think what if, you know, somebody was to walk in here, what would I do? You know, I mean, odds are these like lighten up. I don't know if I'll be able to make it out. But if he does. I want to be prepared and ready. So I'll check my exits. Okay, there's an exit down there. There's Okay, they have two exits in this theater. And in certain theaters, when they end the small ones, you only got one exit. So best of luck to you, right? So I'll check my exits. It's the same when it comes to serving Jesus and your walk with him. Because you see, the enemy is going to come. Just like 1 Corinthians says in chapter 10, verse 13, when you are tempted, God will provide a way out, Right? You're going to be tempted. The enemy wants you to fail. He doesn't want you to make it, right? And you see, when I think of temptation, and like I said before, there's that misconception that temptation is sin, but really it's the invitation to sin. And the reason I say that is Jesus himself was tempted. If you've read the Bible, if you've been to church, I'm sure you've heard the story. It's found in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 1 through 11. It talks about Jesus when he wanders in the wilderness and he gets tempted by Satan, right? And so this is how it goes. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. So Jesus has like not ate anything. He's starving. And here comes the enemy. Here comes Satan himself. The enemy loves to attack us when we are weak, when we are tired, when you've had a long week of work, when you're having, you know, problems with family. Maybe your kids have gotten in trouble or maybe it's just been a long day. You know, maybe you got laid off, you know, whatever it is, you know, school, you got a bad grade and and it's just a rough time, you know, or sometimes, you know, you just get in that funk and just, you don't know life's great like you really enjoy life but today's just blah you know what I'm saying and it's those days that the enemy will come and attack you now he'll attack you in good days too but he loves to hit us when we are weak and here's Jesus now this is Jesus we're talking about but he's human flesh he's walking on earth just like we are right now and and he's weak at this moment 
He had been fasting for 40 days for crying out loud. And so Satan comes and he tempts him, right? It says, during that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, Satan tried to tempt him. And the first thing that Jesus did is he quoted scripture to the enemy. This is the first point that I want you to get when it comes to temptation. If you want to succeed and you want to say no to temptation, quote scripture towards the enemy. That means you got to know the word, though. Don't just quote scripture. You got to actually know it. Don't just put a scripture in your Instagram bio. Don't post that little Instagram story or Facebook story with that little post with a cool background. Know what it is you're posting. Because once you start quoting that scripture and you're speaking that to the enemy, because he does exist. You might think, oh, it's a fairy tale. And you might think of Satan as the red guy with the pitchfork. But the thing is, is he is real. And he's out to kill and steal and destroy. And when you quote scripture at him, he cannot stand it. The Bible says in James 4 that if you submit to God, you resist the devil. He must flee. I love that. It says submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. He has to flee, right? So Jesus quotes scripture at him. It says, then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off for the scriptures say, here's Satan. Now he's quoting scripture, right? He says, for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands. So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded. The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord, your God. You see, the enemy is he's good at conniving and trying at trickery and uh you know the he we have loki right in the marvel cinematic universe right he is the god of mischief right that we we see in the tv show satan is the god of mischief right he is evil and he knows how to connive and trick and 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 the illusion and try to make you believe that oh well the bible says this and he'll take certain bits and pieces of the word and try to make you think that it's okay to do certain things right and if you're not careful that's why i always tell people don't just it's it's the people that take the bible and they just pick what parts they want to believe and they leave out the others right they they see that okay well maybe i shouldn't be going out and getting wasted drunk and and i couldn't do this but but i'm just going to Avoid the part that's, you know, about living with my girlfriend or boyfriend and, and uh, you know, sex before marriage. I'll just pretend like that doesn't exist because it's more convenient to, to live with my girlfriend or my boyfriend. And financially, it's just a lot easier. And they'll just pass up that part. I'm not trying to come at anybody that's done that. But my thing is this, is you can't pick and choose what parts of the Bible you want to serve and what parts you want to listen to, right? And so Jesus is there. He gets the enemy quotes scripture at him and immediately he quotes scripture right back. He says, ah, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord, your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Here's Satan asking Jesus to worship him. The son of God, the Lord of lords, the king of kings, prince of peace, wonderful counselor. He's going to ask this guy to bow down to him like what? Like every time I read, it's just, it makes me laugh. Jesus says, get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord, your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Jesus quoted scripture straight to the enemy. When you are tempted, quote scripture, get in your word, know the word so that when the enemy comes, you're able to combat him. 
with the word of God. You see, there's another story in the Bible that I love to share when it comes to temptation. It's a guy named Joseph. It's in the Old Testament. It's found in Genesis chapter 39. It's verse 6 through 12. You see the story of Joseph. Now, Joseph was the son of Jacob. He was the favorite of the group. He had 11 other brothers, and uh, he had lots of favoritism shown by his father, Jacob, um, because Jacob had married Rachel, and he had another wife named Leah. Back in the day, you know, they had multiple wives and things, which is kind of crazy to me. But Leah was not the most attractive girl. The Bible was very delicate in the way it said. He says that Leah had weak eyes, okay? But Rachel was beautiful. Jacob really loved Rachel. He had one son with Rachel. He had another one later on, Benjamin. By the time he had Joseph and he favored Joseph, right? And so Joseph had this favor. He was well-liked. His brothers couldn't stand him. They sold him into slavery. He's purchased by a man named Potiphar um, in Egypt, and he immediately has favor with Potiphar, is placed in high command in his household over all the other servants. And the Bible says that Joseph was very handsome. So this is what it says in Genesis chapter 39, verse 6 through 12. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her and he kept out of her way as much as possible, meaning that when she would walk in a room, he would literally go into the other room, whatever he was cleaning, serving, doing whatever. If she walked in that room, it was like, oh, okay, gonna go in the other room now, right? Immediately, he went the other way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work, she came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away. I love that. He tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. I love that. I'll stop right there. Joseph was tempted multiple times to sleep with this woman, right? I'm sure this woman was beautiful. This guy Potiphar was in high up command in Egypt. I'm sure he had a beautiful wife. And here she is. She's hitting on Joseph. Potiphar's not there. He has a perfect time to be able to commit to sin. The, t- the temptation is right there. And yet he avoids it. And what I love is that he flees. He tore himself away, it ripped his cloak and took off in the opposite direction. When it comes to temptation, flee, run the other way. Go and do the opposite thing. Now, when I say all of that, you might say, okay, well, Stephen, that's so easy said than done. Like, okay, how do I actually flee from it? Right? How do you flee from pornography? How do you flee from, from sexual temptation? You know, how do you flee from your friends trying to get you to go out and get wasted drunk? You know, how do you flee from, from people asking you to, to, to smoke weed and, and, and get high and, and do what the world says is, is so great? How do you flee from this? Right. Well, I want to give you just a couple points and I'll close. Number one, the best way that you can fight temptation, I I, I named already reading your word, but the, the, the best thing you do is through prayer and fasting. If you're struggling to break a habit, I, I, I beg you and encourage you to pray and fast. 
Go to God and say, Lord, I, I want to give up. And you don't have to, it don't have to be food. Everybody thinks food immediately. Oh, I can't, I can't do a five-day fast from food. I work 40 hours a week and I do hard labor. I can't do, okay, well, you can fast from something else. Fast from television and the other things that take up your time. Give up something that you do the most of and give your time to God. Ask him to deal with you in the areas that you're struggling and ask him to help you, right? Pray and fast. When you get that urge to to, to do whatever it is the enemy's wanting you to do, he's tempting you, get up and pray. Put some worship music on. Pray and fast and worship, right? The other thing is get in the word. Read the Bible, study it, apply it to your life and use it to combat the enemy. The Lord gives us spiritual armor, the Bible says. It's found in Ephesians. It talks about the armor of God. You usually learn in like Sunday school, right? It's the the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. That armor is real. It's not just some Sunday school lesson that they tell little kids to make them feel like, hey, I am a champion. You know, no, it's real. And it has the power to demolish strongholds. You might say, well, what's a stronghold? Strongholds are the things in your life that sometimes you didn't even ask for. It's the it's the bad habits that were brought on to you by your parents, by your grandparents. Maybe your dad or your mom struggled with alcohol and they became an alcoholic and you grew up in a home where your dad was verbally and physically abusive and you said to yourself at like 10 years old, I'm never going to be like my dad. But then you flash forward and you're 25, you're 30 years old, you started drinking because your friends got you to drink and and it was all fun and games. You're having a good time and and I'm not here to tell you that if you had a beer, you're going to hell. That's not what I'm trying to say. But you you have a, you have a couple of drinks. It's all good and games. And that, next thing you know, though, you're at the football games and you're drinking and it goes from having one beer to like three to four to five beers. And next thing you know, it's it's not something that you do for fun. It's something that you do when you're having a rough day. When you come home and you have to have a beer, when, you, when you're upset and you're mad, you have to have a beer and you have to go out to escape your problems and you're going to the bar and next thing you know, you're coming home and you're getting in arguments with your wife or your husband and next thing you know, you're the one that's being verbally abusive. You get physically abusive and you realize, oh my gosh, I'm my dad. I'm my mom. The very thing that I swore I would never be. I've become, and your kids are now looking at you, thinking the same thing you thought of your dad or your mom, and you're saying, I want to get out of this. I'm tired of this. Maybe you struggle with pornography. Maybe you struggle with lustful thoughts and and masturbation, the whole deal, and you think, I can't escape this. I want out. I don't want my kids to grow up in this. I don't want my wife to find out about this. I don't want to continue to do this. I want to honor my wife or my future wife. I want to honor my husband or my future husband. I want to honor my kids. But this is something that I was exposed to when I was sick in sixth grade. I was 12 years old. How do I escape this? It's through prayer and fasting. It's through reading the word. It's by putting on the armor of God. It's what allows you to be able to combat the enemy at his sick game. Making you think that there's no way to escape, that there's no way that you can ever accomplish or overcome this obstacle. You've been tempted so many times and you've given in so many times you think there's no hope for me. Stephen, you say all this, but there's no hope. I, I fail all the time. How could God love me? Today I'm here to say that he loves you unconditionally. If you choose to accept him, he has a plan for you. 
a plan not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. But you got to put your trust in him. You got to get in the word. You got to apply it. You can overcome the temptations of this world. You just have to check your exits. God provides a way out. You can overcome. And remember, God didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save it. He extends his arms. He opens it up for you. All you have to do is accept him. And you can overcome anything. One of the most quoted scriptures other than John 3.16 is found in Philippians. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We tend to focus on the I. I can. But it's through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. I beg you, encourage you, lean on God when it comes to temptation. And he can help you demolish the strongholds that maybe your family's put on you, that your grandparents put on you. And you don't have to submit to the same things that they did. You can be a better you and a better person for your kids, for your your grandkids and your family. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you got something out of this. I'll see you next week. <laughs>